Welcome to Go Find Out, the Career Switch Podcast. I'm Jennifer Jelliff Russell, author, career coach, and speaker, bringing you actionable ideas from knowledgeable guests on how to successfully kick your fears to the curb to go after your career goals. You can find more episodes by visiting gofindoutpodcast.com. Enjoy the show and go find out. Welcome back to Go Find Out, the Career Switch Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Jelliff Russell, and this is episode number 69. On today's show, I interview the Vice President of Product at Interplay Learning, Ariana Dugan, about her journey from creative writing to a career in product management. We also talk about her organization's awesome virtual reality and online training platform, which is a great way for women to break into the skilled trades industry. But before we dive into the interview with Ariana, let's jump into my personal update. So I'm so excited to share with you all that I have signed up and started Avocademy's Foundations program in UX UI design. I'm only on week two of the modules so far, but I am really loving it. I really hope to learn more on the side about like coding and also about UX UI in virtual reality and augmented reality product design. So I've kind of been like reading what I can about it and playing around with different software on the side. I also downloaded Meta or Facebook's Horizon World on the Oculus Quest. There's actually a builder or creator mode in there. So I've kind of been playing around with that and slowly learning how to build a world in that VR platform. So clearly I am nerding out over this kind of stuff, which is funny because I never saw myself as someone who would be interested in designing or creating this kind of thing, but it's just so fascinating and fun. And like I was talking about in the last solo episode, it is important to allow ourselves to chase these interests because occasionally we might find out that we're really passionate about that thing and it could turn into a totally new and fulfilling career. Just have to make sure that we don't let ourselves get overwhelmed by these interests, right? So like I mentioned, that I'm trying to learn coding on the side and I'm really interested in all the different software, um, but I think I have to you know, make sure that I'm not spreading myself too thin while still allowing myself to pursue things that are interesting. It's definitely a balancing act, right? Figuring out what interests to pursue and which ones to kind of put on the back burner for now, but it's something that is well worth it to give yourself the time to explore. And that said, I'm gonna be putting the coding kind of on the side, on the back burner for now, um, and still focusing obviously on UX UI design since I'm in that foundations course and I'm super stoked about it and want a career in that. Um, but giving myself permission to take, you know, a few hours each week to play around in VR and to create a world in the Horizon World platform. So hopefully soon I will have a world to actually share with you guys. And if you have an Oculus Quest, you'll be able to go in and actually check it out. But I'm, I'm not there yet, I haven't even started. So it's gonna be a little while. Um, all right, all right, I'll stop being such a nerd for now. Let's jump into our interview with Ariana Dugan. Today, I'm speaking with Ariana Dugan, Vice President of Product at Austin-based Interplay Learning, which is the leading global provider of online and virtual reality training for companies in the essential skilled trades. Now, one of the things that we'll be focusing on today regarding Interplay Learning is how it might be able to help more women break into the skilled trades in 2022. So I'm super excited to have you on the show today, Ariana. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Yeah, yeah. So kind of before we dive into, you know, interplay learning and the really, really cool like virtual training that you guys are providing there, which I'm actually really stoked about, um, I wanted to touch on your own career trajectory and how it wasn't just like the simple career ladder in one field. So your degree, it's actually in creative writing, right? 
That is correct. So how did you go from that to product management to eventually becoming the vice president of product? Yeah, uh, certainly not a straight shot. (laughs) (laughs) And I know you're also a writer too, so I'm excited. Writers Unite. Yeah, so looking back, I can see that there is this kind of product skills framework that I was building out over time. But I I certainly did not know that that's what I was doing, nor was that what I was aiming for um, in each moment. So that framework, there's kind of three three areas that a product person um, should be good at. And if Mm. you're great at one or two, awesome, and just be good enough at the third. So those, those three areas are being a subject matter expert in the particular industry that you're in, understanding business strategy, and then lastly, understanding the technical side of things, having aptitude there. Um, you certainly don't have to be a coder. Mm, okay. And so when I first, I, I was a creative writing major in college because I like making and doing things. And I figured this is something that I can stay focused on for several years and right. it'll keep me engaged. And I loved it. And um, thankfully, I also had the support of my parents. My dad had been a sales manager his whole career. Okay. And he said, honestly, writing is a really helpful skill. So it's it's helpful in the business world, even if you don't become a published author one day, you know, it's a really valuable skill to learn. So I, I appreciate that he had that perspective and supported me um, mm. in making a choice that may have freaked other parents out. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so after college, I moved into a phenomenal nonprofit uh, called Year Up. They work with 18 to 24-year-olds who have a high school degree or a GED, but didn't have the same kind of opportunities that I had growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and we worked with them to give business skills t- and a couple technical skills for six months and then work with our partners to give them paid internships. Oh, and really, awesome. yeah, it was, I can't speak highly enough of them. And and I should also say I had a fellowship there too through the FAO Schwartz Family Foundation, which oh, okay. for anyone looking for mission-driven work out of college, they are a great place to start. Nice. So while I was there, I started writing uh, curriculum for the students. So that was the first transition of getting to apply my writing skills and starting to move into workforce development. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So workforce development, that's really a lot of where my subject matter expertise is. And that was really that first pillar of that product and skills framework that I was talking about. Workforce development, understanding how to teach adult learners, um, keep content engaging, not condescending, really focused on outcomes um, and really focused on jobs at the end of the day. Okay. Um, so that was that first part, I, like two and a half years there. My fellowship ended. I had some great coworkers who had at least 10 years of work experience on me. And they said, we know your heart is in this mission, but you should really probably try to work at a for-profit company for a little bit, just so you can see how a for-profit business runs and operates. You can mm. always come back to nonprofit, but just like you're so young, like see something different. Right. That's really great that they did that actually. It really is. I know. So I was like, it was amazing prepping for this interview. I was like, oh, I have so much to be grateful for people in my life. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, I total change of pace. I went to a company called McMaster Car that uh, sells over hundreds of thousands of uh, industrial supplies. Oh, okay. I went to a management rotation program there. So I got to learn how to manage people and teams. Wow. I got to learn how to manage an operation. I got to learn the financial side of business. 
so just so as, so then that really started to fill out that business strategy that I was talking about. Ah, I see. On the product side of things, yeah. So had those two under my belt. McMaster Car, unfortunately for me, was based out of Robbinsville, New Jersey, and I was still living in Brooklyn, New York at the time. Oh, gotcha. And I need it. That was like an hour drive each way every day. Uh, yeah, so that's not fun. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, I got to work in the same city that I'm living. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I came, I started looking for jobs in New York City. Um, and some friends of mine had taken classes at a company called General Assembly, which teaches tech skills um, mm-hmm. to folks who are looking to career switch. And they said, uh, they were like, we love taking these workshops. Honestly, like the staff and the teachers that we interacted with were really cool. They just kind of seem like your people. Like it, it's worth just seeing if there's a job opening there that you'd be interested in. And so I looked, there were there was an instructional design position open. And par- part of my interview criteria at the time was that I wanted to find a place where I could get you know, promotion and advancement and exposure to different types of jobs mm, um, and okay. know that the company had appetite for that. And the person I spoke with was like, absolutely. If, if we see talent and we see that you have uh, aptitude in other areas, you can move, move around for sure in this company. And that held true. So I started out there as an instructional designer. And then eventually people saw that I had this knack for the business operations and process management side of things. And there was a new product leader at the time in the organization who was looking to fill out his team and was like, hey, you, you know what I need you to know. Do you want to jump into product management? Um, and that was, that was the beginning of my product part of my career. Wow, that is so cool. And it, you're right. It's such a different type of career ladder that you had. It's so neat. I, I think it's so, it's so interesting to me personally, because I, so I have a um, degree in psychology It's totally different, but then uh-huh. I also do career coaching. So that's what I've been doing for the last nine years, initially for traditional employers, but now on my own for my own business. Um, and so I had never until recently actually started thinking about instructional design. So this is really neat to hear your story about doing that and then shifting to more product management. Absolutely. And, and I could do that, though, because I was working at an education company. I don't think mm. so. Part of it was being in the right company to move into product into. Right. Um, but it was I mean, I do not regret it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think it's so important to note that 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 wasn't just accidental, you know, that you like lucked into that company or something like that. Like you specifically said, I'm, you know, I want to work at a company that would allow me to expand and look at different things. So I think that's really important to note. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. And so there's a lot of th- a lot of different things that you did um, <laughs> over that time period, right? But did you did you ever experience like any imposter syndrome moments during that career progression? A hundred percent. Still still do periodically today, mm-hmm. though, though fortunately less than I did before. Um, and I think, you know, I've I've worked in roles where I've needed to learn data and learn technology, and I just didn't know it um, super well going into those roles in particular. Mm-hmm. I was, I would say, one thing that's always been helpful is I've been, as you can hear in my story, right, just so blessed to be surrounded by incredible people and formal or informal, just like teachers and mentors. So I had... Mm-hmm you know, people just really encourage me and be there um, as a sounding board as I was trying to pick up on new skills who let me kind of sound crappy as I was trying to talk (laughs) about like, what uh, data models are we trying to teach learners and whatnot. So having people around me who I could be imperfect around and were there to support me was so helpful. Um, 
And, and I say that because for me, at least imposter syndrome is like a, a signal and it's a signal that I, I, I feel like I don't know something. Mm. And then there's two ways that I treat that signal. One is I feel like I don't know something and I should know it. So let's go out and learn it. And that's where it's really helpful having those people that I can be imperfect around. Mm. Um, and then there's the other reaction to the signal, which is like, wait, I actually don't I, I don't need to know this, like knowing it would be great, but either nobody else knows the answer. So it's not on me to ha- already have it. Um, or it's actually not my job. Mm, um, okay. So that's where I've kind of like started to hopefully like parse through it in a helpful way for myself and recognize I, I definitely don't need to know everything. And I definitely don't need to be putting pressure on myself to do everything mm-hmm. um, and kind of try to read, read the, the signal through the noise of imposter syndrome, which is a challenging feeling for sure. Yeah, it definitely can be. I think those are really, two really great ideas for like pushing past that um, that imposter syndrome. Yeah, and do you do you feel like you have any specific habits that have helped you to be successful in your roles? Definitely. So I'll I'll talk about really small little things first. But honestly, I've I have from day one in my career always had a, a visible, tangible to-do list on paper. Oh, okay. I never make my to-do list digital um, because it's so easy for it to end up behind another window and mm. not stay like present and focused. Mm-hmm. And the other thing if, if my to-do list is physical, this is something I've, I've recently started to do. I write each item on its own piece of paper. Anything I'm not going to do that day, I put out of sight. So it is out of mind. And mm. then I can really, really focus in on those um, few things that I know I have time to do that day. Gotcha. That's a really good idea. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's funny because I, I also keep a physical list of my like daily to-do items, but I never would have thought about giving each one its own separate piece of paper so that I'm not like, you know, accidentally skipping something and just focusing on something else or my mind is away and thinking about the other tasks that I haven't started doing yet. Yeah. So that's a really good idea. Nice. A a little wasteful. I promise I make up for the sustainability side and other areas of my life, but (laughs) definitely, definitely practical. I mean, you can recycle it. It's fine. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And so kind of to, to kind of shift now to talk about interplay learning, which was really cool. I learned that they, you guys just won built in Austin's award as one of the best small companies to work for in Austin, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, So can you, can you tell us a little bit more about interplay and what kind of learning products that you guys have there. Absolutely. I love the, you know, high level phrase that we reiterate a lot at Interplay, which is better careers, better lives. That's what Mm. we're aiming for. Yeah. And the the careers specifically that we're focused on are uh, trade skills. So helping folks become, you know, electricians, HVAC repair people, uh, plumbers, etc. We dominantly focus with businesses, helping them get their people up to speed, though we certainly have a subscription offering for individuals. Okay. And the product itself, which you were alluding to before, I'm like really burying the lead here, is like <laughs> super cool. It is um, super cool. That's one of the reasons I was like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. I want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a simulated training environment. Um, you can access it from, you know, your desktop, your tablet, or VR. Yes. Um, awesome. and it, yes. I spent a lot of time in a VR headset in the last year, which is so fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it, so it is, it is the most pragmatic application of VR that I have seen um, because it really 
truly helps you learn these hands-on skills um, without having to have an expensive setup to practice on. It's really safe. You're working with electricity in these simulations, but not actually um, running the risk of hurting yourself with electricity. And what it's also doing is in the, in the trade skills overall, you've got a large group of people who are masters at their craft, but are on the brink of, if not already retiring. Mm-hmm. So really what we're helping do is bring in a new generation in a really scalable way um, into the trade skills, which are incredible paying jobs. That's so awesome. Like I have so many, I'm like, oh my gosh, like there's so many applications for this. It's so neat. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm so excited about the VR aspect, but you know, like you said, it's also available. Um, I was checking out your website and I saw that it's also available. Like you could just use a computer and you could still get mm-hmm. the um, interactive feel of it too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we do have, a, we have other things um, beyond simulations on our platform. We have lots of video content because sometimes, you know, a simulation is using a sledgehammer when you need a screwdriver, right? You're, if you're just trying to teach someone the basic vocabulary of an HVAC system, we've got a quick video on that. So we've got lots of short bite-sized things that don't require a setup, simulations that you can access uh, on any device, and then knowledge checks along the way that really help you you know, check your own progress and make sure you're learning what you're, um, hope you're learning along the way. And I know you mentioned this before, but I just want to kind of reiterate that it sounds like individuals can register. You don't have to be working for a company already in this field. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hope I don't sound too much like a salesperson, uh, but we can, (laughs) uh, individuals, it's a $25 a month subscription. You get access to the whole catalog, um, for however many months you want to subscribe for. Nice. And then we certainly have plenty of companies who are using our product as part of their in-house training programs. And what I love about the trade space is training is so embedded in that space. The idea of apprenticeships has been true for decades. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's, it's wonderful to get to build a product and really focus on the the cool parts of the technology and the skills and not have to go and convince companies to buy it. Like they're already bought in to the idea of training. It's just Mm -hmm. helping them understand a different way of doing it than they're used to. But I, I love that it's a group of companies that understands they really want to invest in their people. That's awesome. And so I, I know we, we talked about the virtual aspect of Interplay, which and I'm interested in all the different potential applications for it and, you know, how people can use it outside of just gaming, which the game is gaming is great. Um, but there are so many different ways I think that that kind of VR can be applied. Um, but one of the things that caught my attention that I had never heard of when I was looking at the Interplay Learning website was the um, phrase commersive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so commersive learning. So can you tell us a little bit more about like what that means in this context and why it's important to the skilled trades training? Absolutely. Um, so commersive blend of community and immersive learning. And the immersive part, probably pretty self-explanatory, right? You're mm-hmm. going into the simulations. You're um, in, if it, you're in VR, mm-hmm. you're really feeling like you are there. And the immersive part is important because the closer we can get to real life, the more effective we're going to be at training people. And what's super cool about that immersive side is there's lots of studies that have shown because you're like moving your body in space as you're doing this learning, you have like body memory in your brain of how to do mm-hmm. it. Um, versus just reading about it in a textbook. So there is like in, like proven power in immersive learning um, because of the way you're involving your physical whole self. 
it's so amazing. I just think the, like I said, the applications of VR, like I was just reading about some companies are using VR for their internal training, because like you said, being inside the training, being immersed in the training actually makes people remember it, um, according to their study, four times better than just Absolutely. doing that training on a computer, which is, I think, amazing. I'll, I'll post that research in the show notes, folks. So something that I think is really important, um, if somebody is completely new to the skilled trades field, could they like utilize this training to land an entry-level position in a field or maybe to like seek a certification? Absolutely. So first I'll talk about the field. Um, in general, companies are companies need techs with these skills so badly. And as I mentioned before, they have training programs in-house because they are willing to hire people with a good attitude and mm -hmm. demonstrated aptitude for basic mechanics. There are plenty of people or companies who hire people green off the street and put them through these, you know, 90-day onboarding programs to start getting them to a place where they can shadow techs in the field um, and start to help out. So these companies have, like, I want to be so encouraging of anyone who is thinking about like, wow, I really do not want a desk job. These are great paying jobs. These are supportive companies who will train you. Mm -hmm. And if you wanted to get a sense of what that's like before you jump into it for yourself, absolutely. Our training, you know, you'd, you would come in knowing a lot more than other green techs if you you know, even went through just five or 10% of our content um, and started to learn the vocabulary, learn some of the basic math, just get really that's, that's what you're learning, I think is about maybe a new world that you haven't been exposed to as much mm -hmm. or thought about, even though it's all around you every day, and then learning to, to troubleshoot and problem solve. That's, that's really like at the core of what you're doing. And the more you can expose yourself to different scenarios, the better you're going to be at troubleshooting and problem solving. And, and it looked like, like I checked the pricing for individuals and it seemed very affordable, which I think is also very important for someone who's trying to get into a new field. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. $20, $25 a month. And if you, if you want to challenge yourself and consume as much as you can in a month, then <laughs> you will make the most of that $25, right, which is right. great. That is awesome. And so we we mentioned, you know, at the top of the show that this could potentially help women break into the skilled trades. So what is it you feel that this learning platform will help more women break into the skilled trades? Definitely. I think I'm kind of going back to what we were talking about before that that feeling of imposter syndrome can, mm. it's, you know, it's gotten in my way in my career. It's gotten in a lot of people's way I know in their careers. And I will be honest, I think it's it's a very low, like single digit percent of women in the trades right now. So mm. I think it would be foolish to imagine, you know, you might, you're not going to feel imposter syndrome. So I think going in and getting some experience on the platform to just build confidence that like, oh, yeah, I can do this. Um, I don't know how to fix everything in my house or even close to everything in my house. But like, if I spend some time on this, I could definitely learn it. Yeah. I think that confidence boosting the learning platform will do a ton for women who really would be, you know, the face of change in the trade skills um, as as we hope to bring more and more women in. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. And I, I speak to a lot of women and they say the same thing, like you said, that they have dealt with imposter syndrome. So definitely, I totally agree. I think this could really help them push past that to break into these skilled trades that are, you know, predominantly held by men. And I will say as a, uh, you know, 
put some hope out there. There are, there are women run, run and own businesses in the trades. Um, and they really love advertising that they are women owned and run because one of them, I was watching their YouTube video the other day was saying, you know, we feel less scary sometimes coming into a home, right? Mm. Like people, people are bringing strangers into their home to get something fixed. Right. And for some folks knowing that that person, you know, if you're a woman living by yourself, you might want to work with a women-owned business and know that you're going to get a, a female tech um, helping you out. Yeah, you're totally right. Absolutely. And so like, where can we learn more about Interplay Learning? You can find us on our website, www.interplaylearning.com. You can find and sign up for a subscription there or you know, check out some of the videos of what the learning looks like before you pay for anything. Nice. Um, and then you can certainly find us on you know, primary social medias, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. No TikTok yet. What's happening? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. We do not. <laughs> okay. Just checking. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Ariana. Thank you. It was wonderful chatting with you. This was such a fun interview, and I can see so many applications for VR training platforms like Interplay Learning. With Interplay, I'm so excited that it's a space where women can feel comfortable gaining skills in the trades like electrical, solar, or HVAC, and then potentially land an apprenticeship somewhere. I think it would be wonderful if there were more women in the skilled trades. I know personally I would feel a lot more comfortable having a woman in my home to work on things like plumbing or electrical if I were home alone. For the most part, I've had really great experiences with male tradesmen, but I did have one uncomfortable experience with a male plumber during the short time that I was here in Maine and my husband was finishing up his active army service in Tennessee. So I am totally on board with having more women getting into the skilled trades. Also, I wanted to mention that after our interview, Ariana learned that a library was using Interplay Learning's training platform and offering Interplay's trainings to their patrons, and that 70% of those taking advantage of the trainings were women. So how cool is that? So if you're a woman and you've been toying with the idea of a career switch into the skilled trades, this could be a really great way to do it. And I should also note that even if you're not a woman, you can also take advantage of Interplay Learning's training platform. All right, that is our show for today. Until next time, go find out. Thanks for listening to the show. I hope the information helps you tackle your own career switch goals. You can let me know what you thought of the show by messaging me on Instagram at gofindoutcareerswitch or commenting on one of my TikToks at Evergrowth Coach. That's it for today. Now go find out. <laughs>